Good morning and happy Wednesday, October 19th. I'm Adam Wright. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. It's a good morning to be with you as always. You know, yesterday we didn't have the music because I unplugged the cable at my desk and I forgot to plug it back in. And I was telling someone I felt like Paul Harvey starting the show uh, without any music. And that's the rest of the story. There is no more to it than that. So let's begin our morning together in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today is the memorial of Saints John de Brebeuf, Isaac Jogues, and uh, priests and companions. They were martyrs, also known as the North American martyrs. but anyway, uh, it's one of those ones that, having gone through Jesuit education, this always sticks out. Am I willing to give my life for the gospel? Now, odds are good that you and I are not going to be called to do that in terms of the red martyrdom. We're probably, you know, I'm, I'm just going to go on a limb here and say that you and I are probably not going to face the choice of death for our faith. We might, and we should prepare to be ready for that, uh, just as we should prepare to be ready to have any choice where we have to choose our faith over temptation, our faith over sin, um, anything like that. But but you and I have to face what some have referred to as that white martyrdom, the, the dying to self in nonviolent ways. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. I went to a coffee shop. I like to get coffee. I like to get gourmet coffee, right? And the uh, person working behind the counter was wearing a shirt with a very charged message on it, one that I didn't agree with. Now, what that was isn't really important for this conversation, so I'm not going to get into that. But I didn't agree with it. And then I found myself being sheepish one day on a first Wednesday of the month wearing my Life Runners polo out into public because I thought, well, I don't want to I don't want to stir up trouble. And I'm like, wait a minute. Now, I go out all the time and I'm bombarded with messages that I don't agree with whether it's on someone's shirt or on a billboard or, well, not on the radio because I only listen to Covenant Network, so it's not an issue there, Um, on the internet, whatever it may be, and yet I'm afraid to stand up and say, no, this is what I believe out in public. No, 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 no. So I put the shirt on and, and walked out the door. But I had that moment of pause. And, you know, that's why I say, are we ready? Are we ready to put ourselves on the line that we might be ridiculed, scorned, calumniated, uh, for what we believe and not wavering in what we believe and, you know, just saying this is what I believe. Not not being arrogant about it, not being prideful about it, but just saying, no, this is what I believe. And it's non-negotiable. It is non-negotiable, the tenets of our faith, right? That is what we are probably going to be called to. And that's why that litany of humility is so beautiful. We talk about that here and again on the show. Uh, pray that every day. Pray for the grace that you need. You know, deliver me, Jesus, from the fear of, 
And there's a whole litany of them, hence why it's called the Litany of Humility, Adam. All right, on the show today, we're going to be talking with Andy Jocelyn. He is a parent of a focus missionary. We also have for you today Doug Barry, uh, continuing to talk about humility and breaking free of vices. And then uh, for all of our young Catholics out there working in the professional world today, or those of you that know young Catholics working in the professional world, Joe Griesbauer from the National Organization of Young Catholic Professionals is going to be with us later on in the show this morning. Plus, we've got the fabulous Cataquiz and more for you right here on Roadmap to Heaven. But before we can do any of that, let's go to Mike Roberts for our weather and the saint of the day. And there's a couple of them, so we we, uh, look forward to that. Today is the memorial of Saints Jean de Brabeau, Isaac Jogues, and companions who were North American martyrs. As a young Jesuit, Isaac Jogues left behind a successful career as a teacher in France to go to the New World as a missionary. In 1636, he and his companions, under the leadership of Father Jean de Brabeau, arrived in Quebec to work among the Hurons. The Hurons, however, were constantly at war with the Iroquois, who captured Father Jogues and held him captive for 13 months. With the help of the Dutch, he escaped, returning to France, but bearing the marks of his sufferings. Several fingers had been cut, burned, or chewed off. Pope Irvin VIII gave him permission to offer Mass with his mutilated hand, saying, It would be shameful for a martyr of Christ not to be allowed to drink of the blood of Christ. But Father Jogues felt a great call to return and in a few months went back to the mission among the Hurons. In 1646, he and Father Jean de la Lande set out for Iroquois country, but were captured by a Mohawk war party. And on October 18th, Father Jogues was tomahawked and then beheaded. Father Jean de Lalonde was killed the next day in a village near Albany, New York. Father Anthony Daniel worked among the Hurons, who were gradually becoming Christians, but was killed by the Iroquois on July 4th, 1646. Father Jean de Brabeau came to Canada at the age of 32 and worked there for 24 years, composing catechism, a dictionary, and converting 7,000 Hurons. But in 1649, he was captured by the Iroquois near Georgian Bay and died after four hours of extreme torture. Father Gabriel Lamont, Father Charles Darnier, and Father Noel were also killed in 1649. These Jesuit martyrs were canonized in 1930. St. John de Brabeau, St. Isaac Jogues, and companions, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Not too long ago, Dan Vonderhaar mentioned the driveway beer ministry out at Ascension Parish, and I've always been fascinated by it. So I'm very happy to have an associate member of the driveway beer ministry with us. Just a regular Joe, Andy Jocelyn, is here. Uh, but that's not what brings you in. It's it's not Dan Vonderhaar. It's not Ascension <laughs> Parish. It's not the driveway beer ministry. Certainly. It's the fact that your daughter is a missionary. So we've been talking right. a lot, and this week, uh, we've already talked about it once, the uh, Focus Seat Conference coming to St. Louis and the work that Focus does. And when it's amazing, uh, Monday we were talking with Steve Priest and Aaron Falbo about the, the power of relationship and that we all have a witness. Um, it's great to talk about that. It's, it's even better to hear the fruit of how that's happening in the real world. So, Andy, it's very good to have you with us. Thank you. It's good to be here. Now, as, as you and I were talking before the interview— I mean, you're pretty much 
Every Man USA. I mean, you, you, you married your love. You had mm-hmm. kids. Um, you sent your kids to school. You're involved in the church. And then the, the story is going to take an interesting twist. But let's get to the background. How long have you and your wife been married? Be uh, 31 years in December. All right. And when you were married, were you a part of the Catholic Church? Yes, indeed. Although I took a little longer to get there, so uh, we were married, and I uh, was—I grew up in the uh, in a Presbyterian church, but uh, it wasn't until uh, she became pregnant with Lizzie, our firstborn, that I sort of had a a moment that I needed to really strongly consider wh- where we're going with this life, right? And so, uh, shortly after she was born, uh, I went through the RCIA program and was on Easter Sunday, uh, you know, brought into the into the faith uh, into the full of the Catholic faith, and it's been just a, a wonderful 24-year journey ever since. Yeah, and so then in that time, Lizzie and her sister, you know, they're going to school, they're going to PSR, you're trying to raise them right, taking them to church on Sunday, just like mm-hmm. any of us would, That's right? right. That's right, yeah. And then she goes off to Mizzou, mm-hmm. and again, like most kids, they, they graduate high school, they go off to college. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where focus comes into play. So tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah, she she's a, a bright woman that has, you know, a, a gift for the, the, the written word. And she was going into journalism school at Mizzou and, you know, had some career aspirations as account management, strategic communications, you know, all these different potential ideas. But uh, about her junior year, she uh, met some focus missionaries there at Mizzou. And um, they were so welcoming and inviting uh, to just join them and participate in their activities and got invited to a weekend retreat. She said, why not? It's the Lake of the Ozarks. What, 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 what could happen, right? And so and I think that's, that's where... Pretty much everybody else. <laughs> oh, you want to go to the lake? Yeah, let's go yeah, to the let's lake. let's go to the lake. Absolutely. It sounds like fun. <laughs> so she goes to the lake. She goes on this retreat and her life is changed. Yes. Yes. We talk about conversion moments all the time on the show and how many stories we've heard about retreats. So what happened when she came back from that retreat? Yeah. So what happened was really an encounter. And I think, you know, that the, the, the thing that was missing from maybe her upbringing was just the relationship with the Lord. You know, I think uh, a lot of kids maybe are in that situation where they know a lot in their heads, but does he live in your heart? And I think th- that was the moment where she really had a switch where she just fell in love. She fell in love with who Jesus is and what he's done for us and what, you know, she needs to do in response to that. Now, you have more years of parenting experience under your belt than I do, but I've, I already noticed <laughs> in my kids, you know, when things are starting to change in your life, you can really pick up on that and you say, oh, this is kind of this is kind of fun to watch here. I want yeah. I I to just sit back and let that unfold for a minute <laughs> right. and, you know, and just enjoy it as a dad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What was that like for you to see her go through this conversion experience and then, you know, really start diving deep into her faith? <laughs> Well, it, it was joyful um, first, and you know, second, challenging. And so, the joyful response it was just to see how how much her newfound faith was meaning to her, and what it meant to her to to really dive in and you know change her life, you know, change her friends, change her approach to the world. And I think the beautiful thing about Focus Missionaries is they are joyful people. You know, they are really embracing 
this call that the Lord has for us to be happy in this life, to really live life to the fullest. And I saw a real change in Lizzie in that respect. Now, we've been talking about just like, you know, regular people. This is what happens in a lot of regular households. And one of those things is after the junior year at Mizzou comes the senior year at Mizzou comes graduation. And sure. the big question yeah. of what's next. So where yeah. did Lizzie go after Mizzou? I will add one stop along the way because she did a summer internship at the Catholic News Agency in, um, in Colorado. And so She's a gifted writer, and that's that was her summer internship, and that you know I think even further solidified from a, uh, a knowledge perspective, you know, her deepening Catholic faith. But as she got closer to graduation, she was invited by Focus to interview to become a, a missionary. And so she went to interview weekend, and, and they call it discernment, just like any other vocation, right? And so she did the, the weekend retreat and, and interviews, and, and then discernment period comes. And I think, you know, she never really had a doubt that it was going to be her first job out of college was to be, be a, a focused missionary. And so when she came to us, to me and my wife, Nan, you know, the first reaction was, well, I'm not terribly surprised because you've been investing all this time and energy into this organization, but I also just paid for your college. And so like, how is this going to work? You know, I had a lot of questions about how this actually, you know, works and and how they fundraise and, and all the details behind it. But I was quickly, you know, reassured by all of her answers that she knew exactly what she was doing and that this was a fantastic move. Now, God works a little different than the world would work. So we talked about just sitting back and watching our kids and saying, oh, this is really interesting. This is really great. And having some questions along the way. Mm -hmm. God's not content to stop there and just say, well, I've changed Lizzie's life. And uh, we're just going to leave it. You know, Andy, don't worry. I'm not coming for you. No, that, (laughs) that was not the case at all. At that point, through your daughter, who's now in the mission field, our Lord started going after you in a deeper way too, right? Indeed, he did, and still is. And I really enjoyed Father Mike Schmitz's uh, talk at the Seek First, you know, to get us really excited and interested in this because, you know, his main message was Jesus wants to get in your boat, just like he did, you know, Simon Peter. And, you know, Jesus got in our, in my boat, in my, in my wife Nan's boat, to really start, you know, casting nets in different ways. And so, you know, this this also was the year of St. Joseph that Pope Francis uh, put out there um, in 2020. And so all this began to really work on me. And I think, you know, St. Joseph actually started working on me as well. And, you know, he was using other vessels to, to do this. But uh, w- one um, late night, I, I woke up at four o'clock in the morning, couldn't get back to sleep. And and so I get up and I, I really sort of had this moment of, of clarity where, where God was taking me next. And that was... Uh, in a two-page summary, um, just a, a, a men's group uh, of working dads that I would invite some friends to and, and see how it turns out. And, and so I came up with the name Regular Joes. You know, it's a 7 a.m. Friday morning deal where we drink coffee and, and just talk and then you, you use a, a format of education in our faith on the formed uh, app and website. And and so with that sort of inspiration, I made about 20 phone calls and, and now we've got, you know, five regular Joes that meet every, you know, Friday morning and it's just a blast. 
you know, I think that's one of the things that's beautiful because sometimes we get terrified. If God's calling me, he's going to call me to be like the Pope or he's going to call me to be like the Archbishop <laughs> or he's going to call me to go out and do the like the apostles and go to far off places and, and, and leave and, and mm-hmm. go away. Mm-hmm. And some people, yes, he is going to call them to do that. But a lot of us, he's calling to live our faith in our average, everyday ordinary life yeah, as, a, as yeah. a regular Joe. Right. And I travel for a living. And so, you know, this, what this is really helpful for me personally, too, is just to, to really feel more a part of the, the local community, right? And, and our parish community in particular. And, and so, you know, we have a surgeon, and a financial planner, a lawyer, a couple of guys that work in the pharmaceutical industry like myself. And we're just, you know, working, you know, we all are very accomplished professionals, but we know that that's not what this life is about. You know, it's just put in really proper context of uh, how we can then evangelize in our jobs and in our, in our, you know, the people we come in touch with at work. Did you have any idea when Lizzie calls you and, or, you know, I don't know if she called, texted, emailed and said, hey, by the way, I'm going on retreat. Uh, we're going down to Lake of the Ozarks. That <laughs> this is where your life would be now, several years later. Heavens no, but isn't that part of the fun? Yeah. Would you uh, change it for anything? No, no, no. I'm, I'm, we're we're extremely proud of both of our girls, of course, and we're just happy that Lizzie has found you know her personal expression of her faith, and that she's helping other other people get there too. I mean, this think about you know uh, kids that go to college right now, you know. It's a tough. It's a it's a tough environment sometimes, right? And and the culture is really pulling hard. The university systems are pulling hard in a very different direction than our faith would teach. And so, you know, to have that outlet, to have friends to walk with you that that want the best for you, that only want only for for that deepening of 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 their faith journey, is a real blessing. And so we just feel like we're on mission with her, and that's that's what. The focus, you know, model is really all about. Yeah. Wow. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to sit down with us, Andy. Before I let you go, I just have one last question. Mm-hmm. What would you say to the dads listening right now? If you, if you just had one nugget, you know, it doesn't have to be the greatest nugget in the world. It doesn't have to be the worst nugget in the world. But just mm-hmm. like one nugget for a regular Joe dad driving right now hearing us talk. Yeah, I think it's be be open to be inspired by your own kids and, you know, welcome that and 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 dive into it with them because we're we're so often challenged as fathers to be the answer man and to be you know the strong one with all the 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 guidance out there but at the end of the day we're humans and to be vulnerable enough to learn from our children and and recognize that that's where god is pulling us i think that's that's what i would i would say that's a wonderful way to end this segment together. Andy, I want to thank you for coming by our studio. Thank We're you. going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. 
Today is a day that I'm really looking forward to our conversation with Doug Barry because we're talking about breaking out of vices this week, and we're going to bring in one of the powerhouses in this whole endeavor, and that is one of the greatest advocates we could ever ask for, the Blessed Mother. Now, Doug, I look at this from two ways. A lot of our listeners may have heard my story before that when I was 18, 19 years old, you know, I was neck deep in mortal sin, in relationships, in despair, and you name it, I was struggling with it. And I remember a priest saying, look, when you're tempted, go to the Blessed Mother. She's not going to want you to be there. Go to the Blessed Mother. If you focus on her, you're not going to be focusing on that temptation. And I woke up in that cold sweat had that metanoia experience and just that affirmation and prayer where I said, God, I can't do this on my own. Adam Wright is incapable. If you want this out of my life, you're going to have to do the heavy lifting because I've proven that I am incapable of this. And in that moment of prayer was, okay, I'll help you. Go to my mom. Go to my mother. She's your mother too. And she's got a way about her, Doug, because, you know, I think of my wife and our kids Sometimes they go and they say, Mommy, I've got this, I've got this cut or I've got this scrape and I, I need a Band-Aid. And my wife is very ginger about how she does it. She's very tender and, and cleaning the wound and putting the Band-Aid on. And I'm like, come on, scrub it. It's going to hurt either way. So let's just get it done with, get the soap in there. Oh, it stings. I don't care if it stings. We're putting the soap on. We're putting the Band-Aid on. That's how it's going to be. Complete 180 from how my wife would approach the situation. And sometimes I think the Blessed Mother, you know, she's that for us when we're trying to escape these vices. Yeah, she is. She's got that tender motherly heart. I'm someone who, uh, you know, raising my kids, I, I'm much more that kind of stronger sort of, yeah, throw some duct tape on it. You'll be fine. Get back out there. You know, my wife, of course, the, you know, a little more gentle heart there, you know, and, and that's kind of how it, it seems to be. And it's great that God made it that way and gave her to the world. I mean, from the cross, Jesus in his, one of his final seven statements, seven words says to John, behold your mother, mother, behold your son. And the church has always seen that in the great saints as him giving her to the world. So the world would know that she is our mother now. The church has taught this, has given us this gift. We've had, you know, beautiful, beautiful teachings and uh, revelations over the years. And she herself has come to the world. You know, the wedding feast at Cana is one of the best examples of her concern for something as simple as this young couple getting married, being out of wine. These are great examples of her tender, gentle, beautiful heart. However, vice is messy. Being in it is messy. It's painful. It's not comfortable. She has to sometimes reach deep into the mess to pull us out. But I want that visual to be painted that when you're sinking in this swamp, you're sinking in this pit, your head is barely looking up out of this mess, this mirth that's all around you. Just look up to her, just a glance to her, a look from your eyes with sincerity, mother, help, and she will step in. She will intervene. There's a beautiful image of this in Lourdes when the Blessed Mother was appearing to Bernadette in 1858. And at one point in the grotto, there were these horrible sounds, these guttural, beastly sounds coming from the, the cracks in the rocks there. And the crowd that was there was hearing this. And Bernadette was looking at Our Lady. And she said, Our Lady just looked glanced, turned her eyes to those sounds in those rocks, and they were immediately silenced. Just a look from the Blessed Mother can drive away the diabolical attacks. 
a look from the Blessed Mother can bring hope. This statue I always have behind me of Our Lady of Fatima in pretty much every single video I do, I have to have an image of Our Lady somewhere in it. I try to at least in almost everything I do. There's a reason why it's not just because I'm Catholic and this is a great image being Catholic and so forth. No, this was a powerful moment where the Blessed Mother stepped into the world and said, there's going to be a second world war. Fatima, 1917, she warned of a second world war. But then she says in so many words, kind of a culmination of the six apparitions and messages, I am here. Look to me. I can help. Pray that rosary. Turn to me. So no matter what your vice is, it's not as if you're going to shock the Blessed Mother. She already understands what's going on in our hearts. It's imperative that we understand that fact that she knows already. Turn to her with deep trust, even if we don't understand. And trust me, Adam, I don't understand it. I say these things not understanding how they work, but I just know that it's true. She's intervened in my life so many times and still does. I mean, I, I will hug this statue behind me sometimes, you know, just as a way to try to hug Our Lady. Go to Our Lady, trust in Our Lady, her gentleness, her hope. She will intervene. She will reach out and grab you no matter what depth of mud pit you are in. See, Doug, you just brought us back to humility again and saying, mm -hmm. don't be ashamed of it. Take it to her. Because how many times have either you or I or someone we know said, listen, I understand you found out about this, but please, please do not tell my mother. You know, we'd be okay with dad finding out, but please <laughs> do not tell mom. I don't want mom to know that this yeah. happened. Mom would be shocked and scandalized, and I just don't want her to go through that. And yet, as you said, the Blessed Mother, she knows the state of humanity. She knows the, the problem of sin in the world, and she wants us to be free of it. We should precisely be going to our mother to say, Mom, I'm trapped. Can yeah. you help me out here? Yep, yep, absolutely. She's there. No matter what, through thick and thin, she's seen it all. And just remember this, everybody, no matter what your vice is, whatever struggle is that you're dealing with in life, there's nothing that's going to that, that's gonna shock her. She's seen it all. She's been through it all. She stood at the foot of the cross while her son was murdered. She understands. His body was laid in her arms after they took him off the cross. I mean, she understands the gravity of this. This is beyond our understanding, but she gets it. She gets your sin. She gets your vice. She wants to get you and me out of the sin and the vice that we're in. Go to her every day without fail. That's a great place to stop right there because I, I don't know how we could make it any clearer. Doug Barry, I look forward to continuing the conversation on breaking out of vice when we resume tomorrow. You bet. Me too, Adam. A prayer to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Our Lady of Guadalupe, Mystical Rose, Make intercession for Holy Church. Protect the Sovereign Pontiff. Help all those who invoke you in their necessities. And since you are the ever-Virgin Mary and Mother of the true God, obtain for us from your Most Holy Son the grace of keeping our faith, of sweet hope in the midst of the bitterness of life, of burning charity, and the precious gift of final perseverance. Amen. Every day on the show here, one of the questions that I am always ready to ask, I, I won't say I ask it every day, but I'm always ready to ask is, Lord, how are you calling me to live my vocation today? I think it's one that we all need to be asking ourselves each and every day. It doesn't matter if we're married, single, 
priests, religious. But for those of us that work out in the business world or in the professional world, you know, maybe you're not a priest or a religious listening right now, odds are good you have a job and you are a Catholic and you want to connect with other Catholics who also work in the professional world. Well, luckily enough for you, if you're young, there's an organization called Young Catholic Professionals, and we're happy to be speaking with Joe Griesbauer from uh, Young Catholic Professionals today. Joe, it's good to have you on the show with us. Great to be here. Thanks for having me on. All right, so we kind of gave a little spoiler, I suppose, that this is specifically about young Catholics who work in the professional world, but what is that mission of Young Catholic (laughs) Professionals at its heart? Well, simply put, Adam, it's to inspire modern-day saints. We look at the professional world. We look at the roles in which we're called to be either present to our coworkers, to our families, and we see that as an opportunity for sainthood, that the faith isn't just one time on a weekend experience, but it's something that's lived out in the workplace, in all aspects of our lives. And work takes up a lot of that time. And so we're calling people to be saints at work. Now, is this specifically for young Catholics who work at Catholic businesses? You know, whether it's the the Catholic who owns the local print shop or, you know, owns the local gift store or whatever it may be, or is this for Catholics that just work out in the world? Yeah, really, really anyone. And to be you know truthful, it, it's usually a lot more necessary for those that aren't at a at a Catholic business. You know, many Catholic businesses they are wonderful places to find great great work, and you know it's great to support those. But oftentimes we find that those who are at larger companies, you know, corporate roles, they don't have support in their faith. They're not able to bring that to the work day, to bring it up in conversation, to also build really Christ-centered friendships that are necessary for all of us to have. And they need assistance. They need community. They need the support that YCP is able to provide, and they can come and and learn from those who have, have gone before and struck out in one of these corporate settings and and made a difference. And so they often come to us more more frequently and we're happy to make headway there and hopefully swim against the culture a little bit. Now, when we talk about who they are, um, Joe was telling me getting ready for today's interview, 29 chapters in the United States and each chapter has approximately 50 members. And that's just regular members. That's not even counting how many people come to the Young Catholic Professional event. So doing the math here, that's about a thousand members nationwide. Is that correct? Yeah, we've grown quite rapidly in the last couple of years. And it's, you know, a lot of need for for that community. So we've opened quite a few chapters recently and opening chapter number 30 in New York City, October 20th. So that's a big milestone for us. We're really uh, giving thanks to God for that. And yeah, like you said, we, we passed thousand members and we're trying to get to 10,000. That's our goal. 10,000 members across country. It sounds like if you're out there in the world right now, you know, we all face those pressures in life. And from a lot of my friends that have worked in the corporate world, I know there are a lot of pressures to maybe cut ethical corners from time to time. And as a, a good Catholic, we might be very conflicted about that because we don't want to be unethical. We don't want to get wrapped up in things we shouldn't be doing. Or, you know, just hearing the stories from some of my friends that used to just work in these, I hate the term toxic, but it really was mm-hmm. a toxic environment where after work, 
It's all we're all going to go out and do this. And the way that they treated other people was just deplorable. And so to have this resource of, of young Catholics who can get together and say, look, I'm facing this in the office or I'm facing this on my job. How would you navigate this? And say, oh, yeah, I've been there. And here's what I did. Or, you know, you know, you got a gift. Maybe we can get you hooked up with somebody that's hiring right now. This sounds like a great resource. But what are the young Catholic professionals saying about it, Joe? What's the feedback you get from them? One of the most common responses we get, Adam, is people are looking for meaningful work. And it's a real big question out there. It's a lot of companies are trying to change their culture and build something where there's meaning behind what people are doing. But what they forget about is the faith. What they forget about is family, the values that make up business and the real purpose for business. What YCP is able to do is to bring together people that have similar backgrounds, similar searching in their hearts for virtue. And when you put those people together, when you bring in great speakers like we do and talk about these kinds of things, we've received tremendous responses. I can think of a couple of individuals who have come back to us and said, I've never thought about my job in this framework. I've never thought that work, you know, whether it's tedious and you can be offered up as a sacrifice or whether there's little ways at my desk every day that I can pray, that I can bring Christ into the work that I'm doing. Never thought about that. And, you know, this message is is so inspiring and so hopeful, and it's an opportunity to make these tasks where God seems farthest from us a close conversation with God, deepening spirituality, and it's giving so many members hope, peace, you know, the ability to continue on. And if I could say, like, like you mentioned, you put people together in the room and you often get a job from the people that you know, rather than the people that you reach out to about your next opportunity. And so that's the next step is where we have this massive network of young people and we're connecting them. We're connecting with the Catholic jobs, with Catholic business owners who want to hire people that, that understand the principles and basics of business, but that have solid values working behind them. I think that's fantastic, Joe. The youngcatholicprofessionals.org is the website to visit for more information or to see if there is a chapter near you. And here's the best part, if there is not a chapter near you, Joe and his team would love to talk with you and maybe get one going there. So, Joe, I want to thank you for being with us here on Roadmap to Heaven today. I know... You know, not only is there a chapter here in my town of St. Louis, but you guys are also coming to the Focus Seat Conference in January. So if you're a young That's Catholic right. and you're going to be there, go go see Joe's team. They're, they're going to be at Seek as well. That's right. Yeah, we'll see you at Seek in St. Louis. I might be there. A couple of my teams will be there. And then Alex Burkhardt here in the St. Louis chapter is running up really well. So I'm, I'm here in Dallas, but a St. Louis native and pleasure to be on the air with you. All right. Well, Joe, we want to thank you for being with us today. We're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. Memorare to St. Joseph. Remember, O most chaste spouse of the Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who implored your help and sought your intercession were left unaided. Full of confidence in your power, I fly unto you and beg your protection. Despise not, O guardian of the Redeemer, my humble supplication. But in your bounty, hear and answer me. Amen. Before we ask our catechist question today, I'm just going to mention, I need to clean off the buffet in our dining room. The top of it is filled with clutter. 
And that's going to become relevant in just a moment here. As we've spent this month of October, really these last two weeks, wrapping up and getting ready for the month of November. See, we're Catholic. We can multitask. We can focus on the rosary this month and get ready for next month. Do you know what the term ofrenda means? Ofrenda. It's a Spanish word. Now, those of you who are parents of young children, you probably may know this through a movie that your kids have watched. But it's a word that loosely means offerings. And in tradition, the ofrenda is an altar or a memorial for those who have gone before us in death, in our families, those who we wish to remember. And this is a beautiful um, tradition that, you know, adapted somewhat, not even as it's been passed down, is very compatible with our Catholic prayers for the dead. And in essence, we're talking about a memorial area. Now, this may be something set aside uh, in your church. I know one of the parishes I used to work with, they set up a memorial area actually near the Holy Family Shrine where parishioners were invited to bring pictures of their deceased loved ones to place. And the parish community would pray for those whose pictures were placed on this um, altar, for lack of a better term, And also for those whose names were written in the Book of the Dead, those who have died in the parish over the past year or years, as the case may be. But it's also something we can do in our homes. And that's why I say I need to clean off the buffet in our dining room, because it actually would be a great place to do this. Now, think about the math on this. If you go back in a traditional family, one child or, you know, you're the child and you have two parents and they each have two parents. And that's not always the case um, in our world, as we know. But just in my family, if I go back 40 generations, or not 40 generations, four generations, that's 30 people to pray for. Now, not all of those people are dead. My parents are still with me, so it's really 28. But do I even know the names of my great-grandparents or my great-great-grandparents? Well, my, my parents do, and they have that all written down, and they have pictures, and that could be a great opportunity to put those out. And as you pray your family rosary or as you pray your meal prayers and you pray for the members of the faithful departed to pray for your loved ones who have gone before us, especially those who we might forget to pray for because we don't know their names. We don't know our family trees. It's just a thought. We're going to take one more break here on Roadmap to Heaven, get you uh, some music, and then we'll get you the weather and then the daily dose of encouragement, and I'll be back with you in a little bit. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A prayer for the Archbishop. Heavenly Father, in these trying times when the spirit of the age threatens Christian values, give our Bishop holiness of life and wisdom to direct and guide our archdiocesan family, so that we may grow in your love. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. Visit us today. And now back to this podcast. This week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, Patty has been sharing lessons for all of us, but really specifically geared towards our school-age listeners. And Patty, we're talking about the Mass, so what do you have for us today? 
Well, again, ways to encourage active, full participation and to be able to truly praise, reverence, and serve God with our whole being, with our bodies. So I have another gesture that I want to talk about. Maybe you're asking, why do we do this at Mass? What are all these gestures? Well, just before the reading of the Gospel, when the priest says, a reading from the Holy Gospel, for example, according to Luke, we say, glory to you, O Lord. And at the same time, we make three tiny crosses with our right thumb, one on our forehead, one on our lips, and one over our heart. Now, some people do not do this at all, and many do it haphazardly or very, very fast. And you can't even tell what they're doing. So why do we do this, and what should be the meaning behind this motion? We do it because... We are praising God with our bodies and souls, and the gesture conveys a meaning. And here's the meaning, and here's what we should be thinking as we do this. May the Word of God be in my thoughts. That's why you make the sign of the cross right there where your brain is on your forehead, right? In my thoughts, on my lips, make the sign of the cross over your lips, and in my heart at all times. You want the Word of God to be in your thoughts and on your lips and in your heart at all times. So that's how we physically remind our body that that's what we want to desire in our hearts. We want our heart and soul and body to be in union together. So that little gesture has meaning, and I want to encourage all of you to do it with meaning. Pray that little prayer. It's a wonderful prayer. And Patty, dare I say, one that anytime we pray with the Scriptures— we could use in our prayer lives as well, no matter how young or old we are. So this is a fantastic explanation and encouragement for us today. In the brief time I have remaining before the show ends here, I just want to jump back to uh, the catechism and this idea of a memorial altar in our homes or in a frenda. Uh, to use the term from, well, the Day of the Dead as, as we hear it. Essential things you need. Pictures of your loved ones. A crucifix. If you have one that stands up, great. If not, put one on the wall above it. An image of the Blessed Virgin Mary would be great, too. Now, again, this is about praying for those who have gone before us marked with the sign of faith. So your homework in these next two weeks, because two weeks from today is All Souls Day is to make a list of who do you want to pray for. Maybe start gathering those photos now. If you don't have photos, maybe go online and find their names. See if you can get photos emailed to you from family members. You can print them out. You know, Don't let the, uh, good be, the perfect be the enemy of the good in this. Do your best on it. But remember to pray for your deceased family members and your friends and all those you know. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thank you for listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. And for all of us, and especially for our dead loved ones, pray your rosary today.